Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Let's get underway. Saturdays were made for this. The biggest names and the biggest games are right here. Triple M rocks the NRL. Thanks to our mates at King G. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrub. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to have your company on a Saturday, Arvo. Uh, and it's terrific to welcome Ryan Girdle to the microphone. Hey, Tony. Uh, it's also... Extra special, terrific to welcome Here Mr. Paul we McGregor. Go. Look the dragons, yeah. Am I? I'm very well. All the better for seeing and hearing your voice. Uh, how have you been? In, enjoying life, really. Um, refresh from a setting. Um, spending a lot of time with dad, who's very ill at the moment, yep. which is good. Um, doing a bit of renos around the house, working a little bit with the New South Wales Rugby League and Country Rugby League going forward. and Pretty well, um, not much more. Have you have you had a break from the game at all? I mean, obviously, you know, you've had the off-season, but now season started again. Did you, were you excited for the start of the season? Have you enjoyed watching the games or have you just kind of caught a couple here and there? I had a really good off-season. In other words, I stayed away from the game a fair bit and spent a lot of time down the coast. Been to Hobart, North Queensland. I caught the game against the cows up there with the drags. Um... So, yeah, look, I'm watching every game <laughs> through the weekend mostly. But, yeah, yeah. I am now um, because it's into the season. Um, but watching more as a, a spectator than an analyzer, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But can you uh, – is it difficult to do that, to watch without watching through the prism of, of coaching? Uh, it is when you've got other people around because yeah. they distract you a little bit. When you're by yourself, no, you, you go back to analyzing a fair bit. Yeah. Um, but most of the games that I have been watching are with around people and having a couple of quiet beers and in, in, enjoying the weekend. And what, what about the, the new rules and the pace of the game? What have you made of that this season? Uh, a lot of teams adapted to it a little bit quicker than others. Um, I thought the other night was the first time that I've seen the Bronx really adjust, uh, playing off the ruck a little bit more, more direct through the scrum lines, or well, the old scrum lines, now the 20-metre lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that their, their game improved by that and, and obviously how simple they play, just put it in the corner. Um, you know, other other teams have... You know, the, I suppose the teams that have been winning regularly season on end, uh, season in, season out, have just picked it up where, mm. where they've left off. And they've got they've got variations to their game too, as as well as like you, you saw Melbourne and the Roosters last night. I thought, you know, it was such a confrontational battle in the middle, but they also played with a lot of width and played laterally yeah. as well. So you've got the the good clubs now that have you know found their way and, 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 and adjusted to the new conditions and now pushing the boundaries of how to play other ways, which is really important because we don't want everyone playing the same way. Yep. But yeah, in some of the sides, we saw Newcastle yesterday, as Mary spoke about, the Broncos just need to get you know the foundations right and play between those lines and get to their kicks and do the fundamentals. And then as the, se- as the season goes on, hopefully then they can start you know testing the waters and playing a different style and that as well. But it's been some good games over the weekend so far. Oh, too. they absolutely have. Uh, and some surprising ones, really. The Sharks game, I, I love that game of footy. We'll get to that soon. We also are going to speak with Chad Townsend. Well, Reed is going to give us his mail. Uh, and who else is coming on the show? Uh, oh, yes, oh, our man who is here just have a little now. blank, Tony? No, no, no. I was just trying to lead you into oh, the man who usually is here at, at uh, 12 o'clock, won't be joining us till 1 o'clock, Mark Guy. 
MG. You, you didn't know about that until you I came on I didn't know here. about that until no. we got on air. No? Because I love f- seeing Big G on a Saturday morning, so I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm sure he's out there being productive in some way. What's he up to? Things are falling apart here, obviously, because I'm drinking water out of a peanut butter jar. But, yeah, you know, everything that's else the Eastern Suburbs going, thing, Tane. I think he's going to see his boy Mav play a game of footy first, okay. uh, and he will join us uh, at 1 o'clock. The Storm over the Roosters looking at the tie power scoreboard. 20 points to 4. Uh, good game of footy. The Sharks and the Knights, 26-22. Uh, Kalen Pong, uh, absolutely except, exceptional under difficult circumstances. The Panthers over the Broncos, 18 points to 10. There's some news coming out of the Roosters that Victor Radley, uh, grade 2, no, high tackle, it's impossible. careless, no, misses, misses two weeks. No, hold on to that. Not. Just hold on to your anger. Hold true. on to what you're going to say because it's... We're going to get there next. He That's misses crazy. two weeks. This is the Saturday Scrum. No. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. The storm over the Roosters in Melbourne. A much anticipated game of footy. Twenty to four at that high power scoreboard. The Storm uh, just too good in the end. There are so many talking points to come out of this right here, right now. I, I'm not sure where to start, but given that we did, uh, we'd already talked about it briefly. Victor Radley. Grade two, high tackle, careless high tackle. Uh, now, he misses two weeks with an early guilty plea. He already he got 10 minutes in the bin uh, after that hit uh, on Cameron Munster. You're slightly disbelieving of the whole affair, Ryan Girdler. Why, Tony. Tell me why, why, why? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that referees are now, you know, t- making the decision to penalise, you know, the offender in real time. Yep. So the opposition, if depending on obviously what happens to the player, I think it was Cam Munster bounced up, spent a couple of minutes on the sideline, but it was okay to go. Um, they're the benef- they're the beneficiary. Now, if you Victor gets two weeks for a lazy shot, I'll say that it was lazy. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of fatigue in the game, timing was a little bit out, coming back from injuries, all those things taken into consideration. He copped a, a couple of weeks out of the game for a shot like that. I, I think it's ridiculous. I think that I think the you know, in that stage of the game to receive 10 minutes, if he doesn't got the 10 minutes and he gets a week, maybe at the end of that, I, I think that's probably reasonable. But can they be viewed independently? I mean, if you get 10 minutes. Well, they need bin. to be. If you've been, you can, how many times do you want to be sanctioned? He was sanctioned on the field. His team paid a costly, a, a, a big price for him going off at that stage at of the game. At that point, I think, well, Munster did go off. Uh, obviously, it didn't stay 30 seconds. 30 seconds compared to 10 minutes. Mm. And it did change the face of the game, didn't it, that 10 oh, minutes? Moving into the second half, um, you know, you've seen the amount of work the Roosters done. Some of it was their own doing with the fundamental errors that they made with the footy um, and the amount of defence they'd done. A couple of stops on their try line was quite committed. Um, you know, for uh, two fast-moving sides, it was actually a uh, disrupted first half yeah. with all the stoppages. Um, however, I, th- I think the fatigue factor took... Uh, control of the Roosters in the second half. Uh, they never really got any field position. They ne- never got out of their own end very well. Um, so they never be- weren't able to put any pressure on on, on Melbourne Storm. And when someone um, like Victor is in the bin for that 10 minutes, it affects the result at some stage. Um, and obviously it did. I thought that was sufficient. I think when, you, when you're going to suspend the player, you've got to look at this, uh, the, the really um, how injured the player was from that contact. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just potential injury, the actual injury should come into account. Yes. Because I think the team that you're playing on the night get the benefit for the 10 minutes in the bin. Yep. Going forward, if the player has not injured and won't miss more games going forward, I think you've got to understand that as well. 
The thing with that two weeks, and it would be three weeks if he fights it and loses, I understand there's probably some loading involved as well. Yeah. So the two weeks on the surface looks fairly harsh, yep. but it may well have been one week w- without that loading. Yeah. So we'll, look, we'll see what uh, the Roosters decide to do. Certainly the coach, Trent Robinson, wasn't happy even about the 10 minutes. So he didn't say it in so many words, but have a listen to him in the media conference after the game. Uh, he got 10 in the bin because, uh, he, you know, was he knocked out? And then, you know, he comes back on 30 seconds later, you know. So we get 10 in the bin and they've, you know, they look like a guy that sort of got knocked out from that. So should it be 10 in the bin? You know, that's up to someone else. That's up to the refs to, to explain that. I like the way the Trent goes about that. He doesn't actually say, he just sort of, you know, asks the question, asks the question. He's going to be upset this morning, then, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, I mean, you've got to remember, you know, the impact that Harry Grant had in that contest last night oh. through the middle of the field where Victor defends and where people would have been under more fatigue because Victor wasn't there for that, you know, 10 minutes. They got was... a couple of injuries to the Roosters, didn't they? Jared Dunn hurt his shoulder. Yeah, he was about two minutes on the field. Yeah, done a rib. So that sort of affected the result as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And as a Dragons fan, I'm not happy for those injuries and that suspension going into the Anzac Day game next Sunday at all. No, I'd I prefer a, a full-on contest, mm-hmm. as, as you know, Mary. Yeah. What, what about Harry Grant? How good is he? Yeah, look, he's, he just seems to be growing by the week. Um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, he's 19 games in. He's a state of orange. He's already the hardest arena. He's already mastered in that last game. Um, the two for one swap with with God in in Cameron Smith going and yep. Brendan and himself going tandem in that second half. I, I really liked the way that that panned out. Um, you know, you know he's a he's a he's going to be a player that on everyone's lips for the future. And um, how far he goes in the game is whether he stays healthy or not. Mm. And how is that going to work out there? Brandon Smith, I mean, he's a great little power forward when he goes on. So as you say, when they're together rather than him just being at nine, but will he continue to start at nine and Harry to come on? And how how do you see it panning out? I personally think Harry's an 80-minute player. Now, everyone's going to obviously compare him to, to Cameron Smith. Um, I think he plays probably a little bit more physically than Cameron does. Like he, he Cameron had this brilliant ability. Um, you know, he was involved in everything, but to, to, and I think as you, you know, get more experience, you find ways, but just to lessen the impact of the contest a lot of times, Harry doesn't do that. He's all in, you know, and what I also like about the way Harry plays is if you look at some of the smaller parts and the detail of his game, there'll be a winger, the opposition winger will be tackled on the try line over in the corner and he'll be underneath someone holding him up. He'll be getting kicks. We saw that with what he did last year at the West Tigers. He just is around the football or he's around the player with the football all the time. So there's some similarities and obviously Cameron spent a lot of time with him over the last few years, maybe not so much last year, but developing. And he, I think he said that with an interview with Billy Slater last night. But there's also a lot of subtle differences to the way that he plays to the way that Cameron does. He's his own man and... I just love I just love watching him play. Gee, he makes some coaches nervous, Mary. Yeah, I, th- I think Harry's as close as you can get to Cameron. No one's going to be Cameron um, within the competition. And, and Melbourne Storm, obviously, fortunate enough to have him there. But I think Craig will be very comfortable um, with what's unfolding. And the combinations will work themselves out between the 7-6 and the 9 um, due to who progresses through training um, and then, obviously, games and injuries because – we know that Brendan's a very good 13. Yeah. And 
the way the way it'll take itself. I don't think Craig really needs to worry except well, um, clap at the moment. They've got yeah. Dale Finucane comes back, I think, next week. So yeah. there's another guy that you've got to fit into the middle there somewhere. I think he's the captain of the club this year. So, yeah, they're, they're great problems to have. And, and, you know, what are we, five weeks now out, five rounds out from Origin? So, you yeah, know, the Storm. Tough, tough six weeks, the Storm. They've played. They have. They've played, I think, four of the first six South, games against the top six Penrith, sides from last year. Roosters. So. Yeah, they're in a good space. Yep. You were t- talking earlier, Mary, uh, about that number nine and about the importance. And it's not just – and Harry Grant has the creativity. You see that all the time. He has the running game, which which is brilliant. But it's just the simple thing, the ability to hit the player on the chest with the pass. That yeah. is key. It's it's ruck recognition uh, is the most important thing from a nine. And obviously um, how your ball players or your middle forwards get the ball. Um, they need it clean. They need it out in front. They need to not stop to adjust their line. Um Pretty well. That the most important thing about that is because they've got people coming at them, and the decision making and their time breaks down if there's a little bit the pass a little bit off. So the execution and and what makes great sides so um, um, sort of unbeatable at times, unstoppable, is their ability to play fast moving footy at both sides of the game, do an attack. And now you can't do that unless you're not getting you're getting clean service from um, dummy half, and it's hugely important. How do you rate the uh, storm after what you saw last night? Well, uh, I mean, a lot of people said, um, you know, I always knew that they were going to be a different side when they got Harry Grant back. It it was hard to judge. A lot of people were saying early on in the season uh, they were brave and they were Melbourne Storm-like, which we all get, but they were always going to be a different side when he came back. Don't forget what he did last year in the small time with a roster that's doesn't represent anything like what Melbourne are at the West Tigers. And he was leading the Dally Ams there for a period in his first season. So it, I was never going to judge him before he came back. But I think over the next couple of weeks, we're really going to see Melbourne Storm. And when you think about the key positions there and the form of Munster, the form of Pappenhausen, Dale Finucane to come back. And they've got, you know, a side there that are full of representative players and full of guys that have won premierships. Going to be awfully hard to beat fully fit. Munster came off for, what, seven or eight seconds after his head knock. Uh, Harry Grant also had one in a, a tackle that went slightly wrong. Now, he then served up some great passes, scored his own try, and then went off with an HIA replacement. Phil Gould on Channel 9 wasn't completely happy with it. Well, they've put him a head bin because of that knock he took before he scored the try, before he did the other brilliant thing and the other brilliant thing after that. I mean, he's much as bad in the head bin as I am. How, why is he off in the head bin? He got a bit of a knock, but he's done three or four brilliant things and scored a try since then, and now they get a free replacement in the head bin? Give me a break. It's such a fine line, isn't it? Because it's such a sensitive issue in our game yeah, at the moment. Absolutely. But we also saw it, and, and when you went back and had a look at the replay of the knock, it didn't look like there was a lot in it. No. And it wasn't like he put his hand up and wanted to come off. Obviously, the team doctor has have dragged him, dragged him off. Yeah. And if they were in a different situation in the game, I wonder whether or not that would have happened. If they were chasing points or like what we saw with Nathan Cleary the other night, he got a little bit of a knock with a couple of minutes to go. Yep. Now, it looked very similar to that one. He didn't shake his head. He got up, got back into the line, and kicks a, a field goal to win the game and then scores the try that just takes the game out of the Is hands the of the opposition. From outside of 40? That was that one. Because he didn't know where he was. But again, he probably might have been <laughs> stunned for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. But where's the balance? Where's the line there, Mary? Yeah, well, look, you know, the other night there was 11 interchanges, including HIAs from Melbourne. So I think... At that time, probably Craig got a little bit disrupted with who was coming off and on. But as a coach, you do not want your best players coming off the field. But there are protocols in place. Now, sometimes they've done quicker than other times. Uh, did Harry look 
Um, unstable, no. Did he score a try? Yes. Was committed to do? Yes. Um, so for me, it was um, a person that was controlling his environment that he was in. But the protocol was, after reviewing it and reviewing it and reviewing it, need to get a replacement. So I don't think Melbourne Storm done anything wrong there, um, except um, the time it took, I suppose, to say. But did it make an impact on the change of the game? No. Did, didn't they? Didn't they do? Didn't the trainer come on and assess him on the field? Did, didn't he pass yes. those protocols? I think I remember seeing Harry going through that. Had the eyes closed, doing the balancing thing. So he's obviously passed the the initial protocols and then the doctor's then gone and had a look and then said, based on the knock that he took, that was the visible knock that he took, not yeah. the effect that had on the player, he needs to get so, uh, And he didn't wobble, he wasn't unstable no, or anything like that. So. Uh, unlike Lachlan Lewis, who Correct. we saw a couple of weeks ago. But he said the trainer came out and said he, he answered all the questions correctly. The questions obviously were, have you got double yeah, vision? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Is your head aching? Yes. Do you want to come <laughs> on? Yes. If I answer it perfectly, you must stay on the field. And the sanction's a harsh one. But, but the, 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 we, I know we've got to get that right. But the problem was in that one, the trainer from the, bull, the Bulldogs actually came on and took Lachlan off the opposition players who were holding, holding him, him up. up. Yeah, There's a sign there that he needs to come off. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, look, I want to get to uh, Sam Walker with you in a minute as well, but there's plenty of time to get to. This is, after all, the Saturday Scrum. We do it for King G. For Triple M, Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. The Sharks and the Knights. The Sharks and a heartbreaking loss, 26-22. to 22. We'll dig deeper into that game uh, in a little while. We'll also chat with uh, Chad Townsend and see how uh, he saw it as well. But before we get there, I-, I guess the big story around it, that was why it was quite so heartbreaking for the Sharkies was the week that they had to endure as a group uh, with, of course, their coach, uh, John Morris, being dumped. Craig Fitzgibbon will come in next year. I'm not sure yet if we know whether that Cameron Seraldo will also join him as his assistant. I know he's got some stuff to work out with Penrith before that happens. Jeez, we're losing some talent out there. Oh, you've got right, yeah, Exactly. Baz and now Cam. If you set up a good system, it yes, will be yeah. raided. Uh, what, what did you make yeah. of the way it was done uh, for John Morris? Because he, he clearly, you know, he's taken the t- aside to finals two years in a row. Now, at the same time, I don't know, measures for success are weird, aren't they? Desi Hasler would have a, in his contract, would kick in for him to have another year if he makes the eight. Yeah. The Sharks have made the eight two years in a row. And the coach is gone. Yeah. Um, it's a bit confusing, actually, to be honest, because I understand Craig coming in the system in 22. Um, you know, he's a, he's a coach that is on every club's lips, so to speak, when, yep. when a job of availability. He's chosen to go to Cronulla uh, and has made that a club that he thinks he can develop and improve. Um, you know, it, Morris has, has made finals of both years um, got a success rate of 48%, I think, as a coach, which is reasonable. Um, I feel that if if they felt strongly enough with Fitz as their man, great. Um, but Morris could have, in the present, and he wanted to finish the 21 season, he started the preseason, he employed them staff, yep. he employed them assistant coaches, let it play out. Yeah. And then move on at the end of the year. Fitz can still do all his work in the meantime, run, run the – Cap going forward, who he wants in in his um, mm. in his side going forward. Um, it happens to players like Ado Carr's playing with Melbourne at the moment. Just using him as an example and playing good footy, yep. he's moving on next year. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, Tyson Tyson Frizzell Frizzell ability to turn up to work. Tyson Frizzell did it at the Dragons. That's right. And Newcastle. I think that's what most people, Mary, have the problem with. It's not the fact that they've decided to go with Fitzy for next year. I think that's a no. great decision for yeah. Cronulla. I think it's the way that this whole situation was handled and why it was done the way that it was because you spoke about the way that he came in, Tone. You know, he came in as a caretaker and yeah. proved himself and he's had no, you know, wiggle room in his salary cap, which has been handled by administration, not his problem over the last couple of years to get him into that situation. Um, so I think considering what he's done, and especially when Mary will know, being a young guy coming out of that same system and transitioning into an authoritative figure there is a difficult thing to do, especially when you've got a roster like the Sharks who have got a lot of older guys in there that have always, you know, had their ups and downs on and off the field. So he's had to deal with a lot of different things. Mm. And I think he's actually done a pretty good job. And they spoke about, you know, his inability to re- recruit some of the, you know, high-profile players. Now, I can't really remember in the past five or six years Cronulla recruiting a lot of those guys anyway. I mean, they've brought Sean Johnson in, but Sean Johnson was sort of on his way out there from the Warriors at the time. And I think if you talk about recruitment, what are players from other clubs looking for when they sign for an organisation? Well, they're looking for their cap to be in order so, so that they can pay... You know, you can be paid the right amount of funds, which wasn't his doing. And the other thing, and I think he did this really well... He had a great alignment with his senior group. Now, we had Aaron Woods in here a couple of weeks ago, and Woodsy couldn't speak high enough yep. of him. you got Sean Johnson's come out and gone to bat for him. Wade Graham, the same. So with recruitment, Mary will tell you, these guys, when they go into rep camps or the relationships they have with people from other clubs, the first thing people are going to do is ask Wade Graham, what's he like? What's John Morris like? If I'm coming to the club, I'm ringing Wade. Oh, hey, Wade, what's he like, mate? And he's got nothing but good things to say about him. So I'm not sure if he's holding him back in that department. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why you wouldn't give this guy the opportunity to finish out the year and then maybe even offer Fitzy because he's a guy that is a humble guy and I'm sure he might even take the opportunity to speak to Fitzy about potentially being an assistant well, at some Well, that's point. the thing, because he's not going to just turn up his toes, is he? The, the rest of the season is an audition. Yeah, well, well that's, mate, he's, he's basically put himself uh, in front of the league world and saying, I'm going to get this done. It's already started. They've already been six months into it. The pre-season's done. They're five, five rounds in. Um, my understanding is, is exactly what Ryan said. The players um, liked him. Um, obviously, he would have been upset not going forward as a coach, but you move on pretty quickly from that because you you are on putting other teams. Hey, I'm over yeah. here. Let's get this. Uh, let's win, get some results. Yeah, make the eight again. Three years running, different story. Someone at the back end's not doing their job well enough. That coach gets moved on. It happens. He's he's two years into his career as well. So, and you yeah. know yourself, Mary, I mean, how long does it take to get your feet under the desk? And there's so many moving parts to it. Oh, yeah. the, the head, yeah. you know, the, the main role in, a, in an LRL, he, NRL club. He never and, had the opportunity to build that roster. But think about no some of the guys spend. that he yes. brought through though, Mary. Think about these junior guys like Kennedy, the football that he's playing, Rudolph, ULA, Tracy, um, Nakora, Hunt, um, I think Talakai just re-signed. So he's brought all these guys through to he's agree one of these many systems. That brought them through. Yeah, be, one, yeah, of course. But I mean, he's getting the best out of those guys. When you look at a, a club and the coach, and you always, you know, I always look at the players that they have, and are those players playing, you know, close or near to the best of their ability? And you'd have to say some of these young guys are at that point. Yep. Now the club lost last night and, and probably would like to be in a different position this year, but they've got lots of injuries. They've got some key personnel, obviously, on the sidelines and some distractions going on. But you've got some players in that side playing some 
some pretty good yeah. footy at the moment. Absolutely. And, and all we say about John Morris is no reflection on Josh Hannay, of, of course, who's stepped in uh, again as an interim coach. Not the first time. I think he was nominated for the uh, Dalian Interim Coach of the Year last year. As <laughs> he, well. lost it, <laughs> he lost it to Todd Payton, though. He lost it to Todd, to Todd Payton. <laughs> it was a close battle. Yeah, it was. Wow. He might get it this year. He hasn't got a lot of competition. Uh, that's not, not yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Yes. Uh, but he, of course, he's got a tough job now as well. Many people said, oh, well, you've thrown the season away. Their performance last night, they didn't win. Uh, but he said it was enough to be happy about. Have a listen to what he had to say. Oh, they're, they're gutted. It's been a, uh, a challenging week. And, you know, one thing I know about this group, they, they're not happy with competing. They want to win. And despite the week we've had, we came here to win tonight and we did enough to win and we, we undid it. Josh, plenty of people suggested the club was throwing away the season, the season of what happened this week. Do you think you showed tonight that's not the case, that these players are, are up for a fight and you're up for a fight and the club is? Yeah, absolutely. That performance didn't surprise me one bit. You know, the people who think that uh, this season's just going to uh, be a waste now uh, don't have any clue or idea of, of what this group are made of and the work that, that, that's been put in and, and the desire from them to make sure that the work that has p- been put in doesn't go to waste. And as I say, that performance tonight, that effort came as no surprise to anyone who understands this group. Josh Hannay there. Yeah, I, I think they, they really played professionally last night considering the week they had. Um, you know, they their attitude was consistent throughout the whole game. Even they dropped minus eight a couple of times through the game, but they come back into it um, to lead within within the last five minutes. A couple of discipline. There was, I think, twice one spear tackle and one father kick chase probably let them down a little mm. bit. Um, other than that, very very good performance, professional performance. With the distru- you know the destructions they've had through the week, um, mm. yeah. Hats it, off. It was tough. We'll find out exactly how tough it was when we speak to Chad Townsend next on the Saturday Scrum. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. The Knights 26, the Sharks 22. What a good game of footy. Uh, no consolation, I guess, though, for Sharkies fans and the players who a wholehearted performance. Uh, but as we said, on the back of a tough week, it was a tough result. And Chad Townsend's good enough to join us right now. G'day, mate. Good afternoon, fellas. Yeah, that was a, a terrific game of footy and a great performance from you guys, but uh, we heard from Josh Hannay earlier saying that the, the room, everybody in the room was gutted. How did you feel after that? Yeah, definitely gutted. Obviously, you know, it was, uh, it was a pretty big week, but uh, to be honest, the things that we could control, the players, you know, our, our training throughout the week was, was really good and um, obviously, you know, our effort and attention to detail through throughout most of the game was, was spot on and obviously, you know, it hurts when, uh, you know, you pretty much lose the game on on the bell. So, you know, I definitely back uh, Hedy's uh, thoughts up. You know, it was a, a pretty a pretty gutted dressing room um, post post game. Just before we get get back to the game, though, so the week for you, it's it's always difficult when there's personalities involved and guys you work with closely and somebody as from the outside anyway, as, as such a good bloke as uh, Johnny Morris. How was it for you uh, through that week? Yeah, look, it, it was tough, and um, you know, I've got a I've got a great relationship with Bomber you know I've, I've played with Bomber I've been coached by him for you know nearly the last five years so um, built a great working relationship with him and obviously um, you know it, it's never it's never easy when you know someone effectively you know loses their job straight away you know Bomber's got a, a young family of his own and uh, you know it was disappointing but you know on the other hand um, you know it's it's a business and the club, you know, had to make a decision and, and, the, and they thought that was the best one. So, 
for us, you know, we just wanted to try and focus on the things that we can control, and that was, you know, our, let, our, let our football do the talking. Chad, mate, being a, a senior guy, and there's plenty of you guys around the club and the organisation, were you guys consulted at all by the board at any point, or was it just come, not, not, I mean, in a way of asking you whether or not you thought he was the right man for the job, but just in relation to, you know, who was going to uh, potentially be the, the coach in 22 and how the back end of this season would look if someone else was to come in? Yeah, no, obviously, you know, the um, girls, the, the thing for us is obviously, you know, we, there was a, a lot of talk in the media around, you know, what was going to happen. And, and um, you know, sometimes we would find out things, you know, throughout the media. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, you know, we the, the board and the management, obviously, you know, uh, they made the decision. They, you know, I, I wasn't consulted with, with anything, and okay. I, nor would I, would, would I expect to be. You know, mm-hmm. that's a decision completely, completely up to them. And they've made a decision which they think is is the best fit and the best direction for the club. And um, you know, you, you just have to, you know, move on with it. Hey, Chad, how are you, mates? Mary. Um, well, I just thought it was a very professional approach that you had last night. I, 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 I sorry, on um, yesterday afternoon. Um, you know, a few players coming back in the next couple of weeks. Um, tough draw, but you've got the Bulldogs next week and you've got four tough games coming up. And it is a business and you've got to move on quick um, and you've got to have clear direction going forward. So the good thing about all that is that is all out of the way. There'll be no more paper talk uh, except players come off contract. How is that handled within within the group? Because there's, I think there's a number of years, 15 guys. So it's, it's pretty important to their careers going forward as well. Um, so what's your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, definitely, Mary. Look, I think, you know, um, first of all, I think, you know, last night, uh, uh, you know, we really stuck to our plan and how we wanted to play throughout the game. I thought, you know, we handled the ball really well. We, uh, you know, we moved the ball well. We scored yeah. some really some really good tries. Uh, you know, we forced Newcastle to come off their own line you know, a lot, which is kind of what we wanted to do and what, what the modern game is in terms of, you know, field possession and holding the ball. Um, so for us, you know, we don't want to we don't want to change too much, and and Hedy's sort of said that to us. You know, he's not going to come and reinvent the wheel. We want to really just build on what we've worked on over the preseason. Uh, so for us, it's about sticking to more of that more often. Uh, you know, over the next coming weeks, as you mentioned, you know, we've got quite a difficult draw coming up. But for us, you know, we just want to hone in on on, it, on our footy, and then um, I think you know the number of players who are off contract now, hopefully, you know, start to get a little bit of of clarity about, you know, what the club is thinking moving forward and, you know, who they want to keep and, and their priorities of re-signing and, and all that stuff. And I think, you know, some, some more decisions, I think, will probably start to happen um, over the next few weeks. Chad, you didn't let yourself get distracted by Kalen Ponga throwing up every 38 seconds? <laughs> Did you guys even know about that? Yeah, well, actually, that um, yeah well, I saw him, uh, it might have been after one of the stoppages in play, I saw him spewing up, but... To be honest, boys, I've actually – it's not uncommon to see players spewing up on the field these yeah. days. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Blake Ferguson a few weeks ago oh, yeah. just spewing up everywhere. Um, I think it's – you know, I don't know if it's it, – obviously, you know, I heard that Ponga was sick last night, but mm. it's, it's the pace of the game. And I saw Jordan Rapano, like, absolutely spewing his guts <laughs> yeah, up really? one last week. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not uncommon. <laughs> hey, hey, Chad, tell us about exciting time, though, for the Sharks. Lots going on. Um, but you guys have got some genuine superstars coming through. The development of Will Kennedy, I think Toby Rudolph, we saw what he, he started out sort of doing last year in the NRL, and this year he's sort of gone to another level. Nakora we've seen now for a little time. Connor Tracy for a small man, you know, gets the job done. So 
you know, for the Sharkies fans out there, mate, there's some good kids on the way that have been in your system for a while that are really starting to show some, or they're starting to bear some fruit. Yeah, 100%. I think um, if I was to single out one of those boys, it'd probably be Will Kennedy. I think he's been outstanding so far for us this year. He's really taking his game to a, to a next to his next level. He's... Um, creativity and also you know he's he's passing the way he's passing sort of, exceptional yeah, really um you know sums up the situation finds the right option a lot of the times and you know connor tracy who has been you know mr fix it for us he's you know oh, a, a running a running five eight who's hmm. played pretty much every position in the back line and um you know just will will really just do a job wherever you put him so you know we've got some great young players we just got stiffer talakai who's re-signed for a further two seasons and um you know, I think the club's in good hands. Yeah, I, I, I like your roster, Cronulla. I, I like what they put on the field each week, and I like the way they play the game. Um, so they've got a lot to look forward to, yeah. Cronulla, going forward. Um, they're winners. They don't like getting beat. They'll scrap. And for me, that's a, a really great sign. Well, they built a premiership on that, didn't they? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what about your goal-kicking, Chatty? I mean... Sean comes back potentially next week. I mean, obviously, Josh has got some decisions to make around that. Have you enjoyed it? You had a tough week, I think, the first week, but the last couple of weeks you seem to be hitting hitting quite well. Yeah, look, it's uh, yeah, look good. It's it's something I've sort of done in the background throughout my career. I've never been, you know, first choice kicker, but um, you know, last year I didn't kick at all during a game. So uh, this year, obviously, I knew that Sean would be out, and I really just wanted to put my hand up and, and say that you know I'll, I'll give it a go and put a lot of time and effort into it and. Um, you know, I had a bit of a shaky week there early on. Um, and for me, it was just about getting back in, into my reps and my training and, and uh, with my with my coach. And I've worked hard on it. And, you know, I feel like I'm in a really good rhythm at the moment. I feel like I'm, you know, I am confident with the kicking. And I think, you know, when Sean comes back, he's obviously been an established goal kicker throughout his whole career. So, um, you know, that'll be a decision for the coach. Mate, you've always got a few things going on away from footy. Can you tell us about, yeah, briefly about any of those? Yeah, good. Like, I've got a, I've got a few things going on at the moment. I, um, you know, I, I enjoy having a good balance throughout uh, my life. I've got three beautiful young children. I've got you know, a, a good wife who, who does a great job for us at home. I've got uh, a craft beer company, Cronulla Beer Co., which I started about twelve months ago with a few mates. Oh, uh, with need some testing. Yeah, <laughs> I, saw, I saw the Newcastle boys launch theirs through the week, Chad. Did you see that? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, I think they oh, I call think it. Still must have had a future many of yeah. those ones. <laughs> so how's that going, mate? How's the brewery going? Yeah, it's 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 been awesome. It's uh, we you know we've had a lot of really good support from from the local community. A lot of restaurants, bars, and cafes, uh, pubs in the area have been stocking us, and you know really really thankful for their support. Obviously, you know throughout the, the pandemic last year. Um, you know things sort of change where it's kind of you know important now to support local business and. Um, you know, we just want to try and get out there and sort of help where we can. We really want to have that lo- local feel. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to sort of start something from the ground up. So, yeah. Good on you, mate. Cronulla nice Beer man. Company. Is that what you say then? Just get it right. Yeah, Cron- yep. Cronulla Beer Co. Yep. Cronulla Beautiful. Beer. Chad Townsend, yeah. always on, great fun to have a chat with you. Uh, still, so much for the Sharkies to play for and so much for the Sharkies fans to be excited about as well. Uh, thanks for joining us. Catch up again soon. Thank you, boys. You, Chad. Thanks, Chad. There is always an excellent chat, uh, Chad Townsend. I'll be going out and getting some of that beer. Yep, there's the Cronulla Beer Co. And, uh, yeah, the Newcastle boys. I'm not sure if the Johnses are involved, but I, I think Matty Hoy might be in there. And I think they launched through the week. I think it's called Still um, Still ah, I saw, City, maybe. Yes. I don't know what the name is, but check yeah. it out on uh, on all the socials.
Reedy's Mail is next on the Saturday Scrum. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Here's the Saturday Scrum, all thanks to King G, Paul McGregor, Ryan Girdler. My name's Tony Squires, and this old bloke. How'd you pull up after your game of footy last week, Reedy? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. We had a, good, we had a nice solid win, 4-2. Mm-hmm. I'm back in the midfield this week, though. They've realised the error of their ways. Oh, they pushed you out. You're pushing you forward. Yeah. Did you try no, was left last wing? Week? Weren't you back? I, I, you left fullback, played, weren't you? I played left back, actually. Left back, that's it. afterwards to Roberto Carlos, the great Brazilian left back after okay. my performance. But, but you were making those comparisons to... yourself, were you? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> 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 uh, moving back to midfield this week, anyway. I love we'll see it. how we go. Speaking of skillful players, uh, what's <laughs> happening with Sean Johnson? Yeah, look, I'm Josh Hanno obviously had a, a reasonably well, reasonable successful, well, not a successful, but a reasonable start to his coaching career at Cronulla, but he was unlucky to lose that game. He's got a big decision now this week. He told us after the game that Sean Johnson would be available this week, most likely, and uh, obviously they've got a couple of halves there who've been going all right, Chad Townsend and Matt Moreland, but I get the sense from uh, what Josh said after the game that Sean Johnson probably come, come straight back into that team. So it means one of those two guys is going to miss out. And my sense is that maybe Chad Townsend might miss out. So, um, you know, it's the first really big call that Josh Hannay's had to make. Uh, and he made it pretty clear that he rates Sean Johnson pretty highly. So I reckon he's going to pull the trigger on one of those two. And it just feels as though Chad Townsend might be the guy who's in jeopardy. Yeah, well, I think, really the way that Will Kennedy has developed over the opening rounds of the season, they, de- they definitely can't move him. So it looks well, like it's going to come down to the halves. Well, Hannah basically said that. He said, look, Will Kennedy demands to be in the team now and I can't mm. move him. So, um, you know, obviously means one of those two guys has got to go, given how glowing he was about about Sean Johnson after the game and how good he's going in training. And, you know, I, I, I just think I just got the gut feel that Chad will be the one who makes way. And, you know, wow. it's a big call do by they, Josh Hannah because Do they make room in the 17 for all players? <laughs> okay. I don't know about that. It's a good question, but... Um, you know, because obviously John O's coming off his career best year, player of the year, yep. uh, yeah. most try assist in the competition, mm. and if he gets through the physicality of the week, he'll play. Yeah. Um, however, them guys are hardened at the moment, and I'm not sure it's the right timing because they've been playing some fair footy, obviously not getting the results they need, and they've yeah. made a lot of changes already with coaching and positions. They're getting a few fresh people back. Mm. Whether they need to change that directly to start the game? Would be a question. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't rule out Sean maybe starting initially off the bench, but at some point he's going to have to make that call. And it's just the way he was talking, it just felt like he wanted to get Sean in that team as quickly as he could. So, you know, maybe he'll wait, maybe he'll wait another week and give Sean a run off the bench. But it just felt as though that he was ready to make a decision and, and one of those two guys was, was going to be forced to make way. But, you know, it's, it's a tough call, right? Because yeah, it is. It's not it's... as if they've been playing terribly, those two guys. I mean, yeah. Chad's been playing pretty good footy. He's their goal kicker. Obviously, Sean would take care of that, but um, they got a, you know, a fair five weeks coming up. They got the they got a kill probably next week against the Dogs, but then the next four weeks they got all good football teams. Yeah. So they'll need all them players fit. And, yeah, absolutely. Fit well. I'm glad I didn't tell Chad about his uh, immediate future when we spoke to him a little bit earlier. But uh, <laughs> what about uh, this? Is this really on TJ Perinaro? Terrific halfback, obviously for the Hurricanes in, in rugby and the All Blacks. The talk of him. Heading towards the rooster, swapping the seven for the nine. Well, well, I think it is on. I think there's any doubt about that. It's quite interesting. I, I was talking to some Storm people yesterday, and 10 years ago, they actually started a camp 
an academy almost in Wellington. And they actually, it, it's it's where they got uh, Tohu Harris from. But one of the players they wanted to sign back then was TJ Perinara. And he was in, he was a member of that camp and he actually made the move to rugby at the time rather, rather than sign with the Storm. But, um, you know, it sounds like it is definitely on. I mean, the, 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 the Roosters would sign him for the rest of the year. Um, it's, I, I imagine it'll just be a contract once his uh, Japanese, Japanese rugby stints over, it'll come straight uh, to the Roosters, serve a couple of weeks in quarantine. Uh, and finish the season with them. I think they think they can get maybe nine or so games out of him, then finals. And you know, given the problems they've had at hooker this year, you know, I spoke to a couple of smart people about him yesterday, and you know, they're confident that he can make the transition pretty quickly because apparently he's a he's a really disciplined footballer, he's a smart guy, um, and you know, he's got the he's got the skills for it. So yeah, his um, service will yeah. be will be great out of well, half. It's the, just yeah. whether he can. It can be stable it's a when the going gets right? a little bit. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. He probably he makes, how many, how many tackles does he make in a test match at the number seven? Well, at nine, obviously, in uh, in rugby. But he's going to be forced to make 30, isn't he, in a, in a rugby league game? Yeah, he's going to make more than anyone else at the time, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but Veros yeah. comes back too next week, doesn't he, Rudy? So, so yeah, I mean, well, you know, the role's yeah, going to be close. shared. I wouldn't imagine he'd spend, you know, the whole amount of time on the field. So he might just come on for little bits and pieces. He, he might also... Cover on the back of, you know, Hutchinson last night was probably a little bit out of his depth at different times through that game. So he could potentially throw throw a goal like that in at, you know, another position in the halves if need be and uh, right. get, take some pressure off Sam Walker he's as com- well. So he just might be a yeah. good guy for their squad. He's combative and competitive. Yeah, exactly. That's he does, and he does, ha- he does have a rugby league background. I mean, it's been a long time ago that he played the game, but he has played the game. Um, you know, I think he's kept an eye on it. From what I understand, he's a rugby mm-hmm. league fan. So I know it's a different thing playing the game, but at least it's not, not as if he's flying blind. He, he, he's played the game at a junior level, so yep. he's had a taste of it. Yeah, and I think Sonny's would have obviously known his character very well, so they would have went. Well, apparently he's related to Sonny in some way. Cousins or distant cousins, I believe. So I'm sure Sonny's played a pretty uh, major role in this, this, this potentially coming mm-hmm. to fruition. What yeah. else did the smart people tell you, Reedy? As opposed to working with us on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they tell you about about the Broncos, their best performance well, of the season so far, but are they going to blow it up? What's happening? Well, it's interesting because there's been whispers around for a couple of weeks now that there's about to be some big changes at the Broncos. There's been some agents who've been told, look, just hold fire. We're going to we're gonna make a call in the next couple of weeks on what we do and, and who we move. And I expect there'll be, be some guys get tapped on the shoulder potentially in the next week or two at the Broncos. Um you know, uh, there's obviously some players they're trying to re-sign. I mean, Tommy Dean's one of those guys. There was a whisper going around on Friday that the Cowboys um, were at a point where they were going to try and get Tommy Tommy Dean out of the Broncos this year um, before the uh, before before the August one deadline. Now that's interesting because obviously Newcastle still want um, Jay Clifford. So you know, if they can get Tom Dearden out, um, then I, I'd suggest that Jay Clifford would be free to leave uh, straight away. All right. So wow. um, there's a bit of movement, not only at the Broncos, I'd say, it's at the Cowboys as well. But yeah. the other, bit, the other, the other sort of developments with the Broncos is, you know, they're very stacked in the middle of the field with their middle forwards, mm. and they've got about three million dollars in paying house to Vita Pangai, uh, Matty Lodge, Thomas Flegler, and I think you'll find that one of those guys. You now they tried to move Lodge in the off season. Uh, they weren't able to do it. Mm. Um, I suspect that one of those guys will be on the move again because they need to free some cash, not only to keep Katani Stags, but I suspect to step up that move for for Adam Reynolds in coming coming weeks. Mm. 
All right, Rudy, just, here's just a quick question without notice. Uh, where is it the Raiders in terms of they've appealed that fine over the melee with Stephen Crichton and, and uh, Joseph uh, Tarpany and obviously their trainer who got slightly touchy-feely with it? Yeah. Well, I mean, they have five days to respond to that. Um, and, you know, I suspect we'll hear something on that next week. And, you know, they're obviously not happy about it. That's pretty clear. I know Don Furner spoke to Dave O'Neill, the chairman of the Panthers, on Thursday, where they sort of smoked the peace pipe a bit because there's been a bit of flat time between the two clubs. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see what the NRL decides on that front. But, you know, they've made it pretty clear. I think Andrew Abdo has made it pretty clear that, um, when he thinks clubs are transgressed, you know, we saw it with Canterbury this week. He's going to hit them pretty hard. He's going to be very transparent about it, which, you know, I, I can't, you know, I don't have an issue with that. It's just mm. whether that farm is a bit over the top. And I think there's a general view that maybe it was. All right, Reedy. Well, we'll leave you to it. Uh, enjoy your footy this afternoon and you'll be back with us next week. Yeah, one nil the boys to score while I was on the phone. Maybe what I should get in the phone more often. What are you having? A, you having a buy <laughs> next, away from you having a buy next week, Reedy? No, no, I'm brushing everyone. Oh, okay. I'm letting someone else coach him. Need, yeah. need to pay the mortgage. I think you should have the, phone, you have the phone while you're actually playing rather than coaching. Mm. That would be really good. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, not really. Oh, Thanks, Reddy. We'll, we'll catch up <laughs> again next week. See you soon. For Triple M, Saturday Scrum. For King G, Triple M rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.